is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is the best of Mark Levin. Happy Thanksgiving. About a quarter of a million people, just shy of that estimate, were at the National Mall today. Not one incidence of violence. Not one incidence of hate. Carrying the flags of the United States, the flag of Israel. Posters with hostages. Signs in support of Israel and the United States. 100% peaceful. And they heard from a variety of people. Republican and Democrat, politician and non-politician, and families of hostages taken on October 7th. One family, two little girls in this family, one age two and one age four, was taken, they were taken hostage. Their mother was taken hostage, although it's not clear if they're in the same location. The father was taken hostage. Nobody's heard from him. The grandmother was taken hostage and later found dead on the side of the road. The grandfather was taken hostage and they don't know where he is. And not sure whether he's dead or alive. That's just one family. I haven't seen that story in the press. I haven't seen that story in the press, and then today the Israelis are doing everything humanly possible to get life support machines for the babies in a hospital. That Hamas has built a massive headquarters under with all kinds of booby traps. Israel was trying to get fuel into the hospital, but was blocked by Hamas, and this is now been reported by U.S. intelligence as well, and others who've actually seen it. And um, it's Israel trying to save Palestinians, and it's Hamas who are trying to kill them. Unbelievable. At the same time, the media in this country is destructive, is inhumane, utterly immoral, and has no conscience as a group whatsoever. None. For the last 48 hours, you've been hearing from the media that Donald Trump is full Hitler because he used the word vermin. He's full Hitler. Now, they've called him Hitler before, and I've demonstrated that in unfreedom of the press, particularly Joe Scarborough. He's hot on calling him Hitler. And so what Joe Scarborough and the others are doing is rather than calling people who are Hitlerian truly Hitler, they're using the word to attack their political opponents or individuals they don't like. 
And in doing so, in doing so, they make a mockery of the Holocaust. Nobody truly believes Donald Trump is Hitler. One of the great pastors in America, one of the great evangelicals in America, is a friend of ours, Pastor John Hagee. He started, an or- he started an organization several decades ago, KUFI, Christians United for Israel. Millions of members, upwards of 10 million members. One of the greatest pro-Israel, pro-freedom organizations in America, which means on the face of the earth. And today a website called Mediaite smears him and degrades him, an organization that was founded by Dan Abrams, implying that he praised Hitler. Can you imagine? So Trump is full Hitler. Hagee praised Hitler. And then, of course, yours truly is an anti-Semite. According to Media Matters, which was founded by a self-hating Jew and anti-Semite, George Soros. And is promoted by racists, bigots, and anti-Semites like the current president of Media Matters. And the organization Mediaite constantly playing politics with the life and death of a people. And a nation. Another platform of poison. It's incredible. And given the history of the press when it comes to anti-Semitism and Jew hatred. Given the history of the press when it comes to covering up the Holocaust. And given the current press in this country which applies moral equivalency to terrorists and Jews in Israel you'd think they know better but they don't this is a real loathsome scummy operation of press outlets with loathsome scummy individuals working for them they have Islamists working for them They have Islamist photographers working for them who celebrate Hitler. They have individuals who use Hamas statistics on a regular basis to try and demean and smear the state of Israel and the IDF. They're in full attack mode against the Fox News Channel. Because the Fox News Channel has more hosts, more journalists, more guests who support Israel and oppose Iran, who support Israel and oppose Hamas, who support Israel and oppose Hezbollah than any network in existence. And it's not even a close call. So they turn their guns on Fox. Go check out Media Matters website. How they try and destroy the reputation of Jesse Waters. And Laura Ingram. Look how they just try to destroy the reputation of Charlie Kirk. 
and many, many more. When in fact it's the media that promotes the memes, the blood libels of the 1930s. But Trump used the word vermin. Trump is without dispute the greatest friend in the Oval Office that Israel has ever had, bar none. Bar none. In fact, he's the greatest friend the Jewish people have had in the Oval Office, bar none. He's the only president to have a Jewish family. But he's Hitler, you see. He's the only president to have signed an executive order attacking anti-Semitism on our college campuses, and you see it's rampant. That takes serious steps to try and address it. And there's a lot more when the loathsome Joe Scarborough, even as a congressman, never lifted a finger to help anybody. And yet they spew their hate because these corporatists are all in. It's no problem by them. It's fine to them. Rabbi Dove Fisher, the writing in the American Spectator, not too long ago. And Rabbi Fisher is an Orthodox Jew. And he writes here, I don't know why Donald Trump loves Jews. Maybe because more than 90% of Orthodox Jews voted for him against Hillary and Joe Biden. Maybe because his daughter is an Orthodox Jew. Maybe because Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, whom he loves and trusts, is an Orthodox Jew. Maybe because Trump's grandchildren are Orthodox Jews who observe the Shabbat according to its laws, eat strictly kosher and attend yeshiva Jewish parochial school. Or my personal theory, the rabbi writes, maybe because his father, Fred, was one of the great philosemites. Philosemite. What's a philosemite? It's the opposite of an anti-Semite. It's somebody who loves the Jewish people. Maybe because his father, Fred, was one of the great philosemites of the prior generation, who even donated property to a Jewish congregation for them to have synagogue, taught young Donald that part of the Trump family legacy is to love Jews. Apparently, the Scarborough family didn't teach Joe that. Apparently, the families of media, they didn't teach their children that. Media Matters didn't teach their children that and all the rest of them. Certainly Biden, not. When others refused to hire Jews, Trump did. Number one, he opened the restricted Mar-a-Lago private club to blacks and Jews when he bought it. Number two, he surrounded himself with honorable Jewish legal scholars and attorneys like David Friedman and Jason Greenblatt. And even a bum named Michael Cohen whose kid's bar mitzvah he attended. In Israel, Trump would be elected prime minister by a landslide after nearly half a century of broken promises by other American presidents. Number three, Trump formally declared the America-recognized United Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Number four, he moved America's Israeli embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Number five, he recognized Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. Number six, he recognized the permanent legality of all Jewish communities and cities 
ridiculously called settlements in Judea and Samaria, which is falsely called the West Bank, as legal in all situations that Israel's own courts regard them as legal. Number seven, he cut off hundreds of millions of dollars funding for Abu Mazen, that is um, Mahmoud Abbas, his illegal government in the Palestinian Authority on the grounds that they pay monthly stipends, pay to slay, to families of uh, Arab terrorists who murder Jews and otherwise perpetuate acts of terror. Number eight, he closed down the PLO office in Washington, D.C. Nine, he closed down America's longstanding so-called Palestine consulate in Jerusalem. Ten, he pulled the United States out of the anti-Semitic U.N. Human Rights Council. Number 11, he cut off $300 million in funding that America had been sending to the Jew-hating UNRWA, UN, a Jew-hating UN agency that runs schools in places like Gaza where Arab Muslim children are taught to hate Jews. They hate Jews and to murder Jews. Number 12, appointed a UN ambassador, Nikki Haley, who warned anti-Israel countries that were taking down names. Number 13, commuted the anti-Semitic Iowa prison sentence of Shalon Rubishkin. Number 14, almost unilaterally brought about the Abraham Accords that included several leading Arab Muslim countries for the first time to enter into true peace agreements with Israel without Israel. You see here, ceding uh, an inch of Jewish territory in Judea and Samaria. Number 15 is Secretary of Education, Betty DeVos, endorsed yeshiva education during visits to two yeshivas in New York City trip while skipping visiting the city's public schools. 16, Trump issued an executive order on combating anti-Semitism to enhance enforcement of Title VI of the Civil Rights Act. That is to protect Jewish college students from overt Jew hatred, now rampant on so many American campuses. And 17, he named Kenneth Marcus, who I had on my show last week, as Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights to investigate anti-Semitic episodes at campuses like Rutgers in New Jersey. Trump, number 18, deported the last Nazi war criminal known to be hiding in America. 19, signed into law a bill making it easier for Holocaust victims to reclaim stolen property. 20, ended the disastrous Iran deal and implemented crushing sanctions against Iran. 21, signed the Taylor Force Act, knocked off Qasami Soleimani, rubbed out Abu Bakr Baghdadi, shattered State Department policy by authorizing Americans born in Jerusalem to list Israel as their American path. The list goes on and on. And Joe Scarborough... MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the whole package of scum say that Trump has gone full Hitler. I guess the mirror is not big enough for all the media to look in, is it? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k... 
Do you want to diversify with physical gold? You can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. This is Mark Levin wishing you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Now back to the best of me. You know, in uh, Unfreedom of the Press, page 72, I have example after example after example of the media, especially Scarborough, referring to Donald Trump as Mussolini, as Stalin, as Hitler, as Putin. Think about this. And he's not alone. It's all over CNN, MSNBC. It's all over the New York Times and the Washington Post. You know what Hitler did? Stalin killed 30 to 40 million people. You know what Mussolini did? And they keep talking about Donald Trump like this? He used the word vermin. Really? Is that worse than rearming the Iranians? Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k... Do you want to diversify with physical gold? You can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. Again, LEVIN, to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Thanksgiving. Over 30 years, Pastor John Hagee began an organization called Christians United for Israel. And media, I just call this man effectively uh, as uh, praising Hitler for the creation of Israel. They don't even know who this man is. The punk who wrote the story. They could have done a little bit of research. It's right all there online. I know Pastor Hagee. He loves the state of Israel as he loves the United States. So now... They try to tie him to Hitler. It's the American media. You have these Hamas Nazis. You have these terrorists. You have their funding sources and their links in our own country. You have them undermining Israel at the time of war. And this is what they do. This is why you hate them and you should hate them. 
What is Scufi or Christians United for Israel? Here's their mission statement. It's the largest pro-Israel organization in the United States with over 10 million members. Christians United for Israel is the foremost Christian organization educating and empowering millions of Americans to speak and act with one voice in defense of Israel and the Jewish people. Kufi's diversity across political, ethnic, generational, and denominational lines maximizes our impact in communities, in the media, on campus, and in our nation's capital. Kufi is committed to confronting indifference and combating anti-Semitism in all its forms wherever it may be found. That's very different than Hamas's mission statement, which I don't believe has been read by any news operation from beginning to end. Number one, it's quite long, but number two, it is uh, self-damning. And here this group founded by Dan Abrams is trashing one of the foremost leaders in the Christian world. Defending the state of Israel. Trying to tie him to Hitler. This is really shocking. But I guess it's really not. Benjamin Netanyahu himself has been said to be Hitlerian. The Jewish leader of the Jewish state. By the radical left in his country and our country. Kufi was created in February 2006 as a grassroots movement designed to unify Christians across all denominations and cultural boundaries in support of Israel. Why was Mediaite founded? God knows why. It began with 400 pastors and ministry leaders. It says our size, effectiveness, and diversity across generational, racial, cultural, and denominational lines have positioned us as the leading voice for pro-Israel Christians. And it goes on. You can read it yourself. Many of you are members. I tell you these things not only because of how disgustingly outrageous Mediaite and the rest of the media are, suggesting that Donald Trump has gone full Hitler. And I noticed that Wolf Blitzer promoted this too. He should know better. And as CNN and MSNBC and all of them are promoting this. Liz Cheney, of course. Liz Cheney has psychological issues. Any Republican who supports Trump after he used the word vermin, whether it's the RNC chairwoman or anybody else, should be disqualified or is supporting Hitler talk. Isn't it shocking? Obama never received this kind of pushback. Obama was an anti-Semite. Still is, in my view. Was even before he became a politician. With his buddy, the Hamas-connected Khalidi. That's true. And in fact, apparently so damning is an audio that was taken at a meeting of a handful of people with Obama and Khalidi that the LA Times has and the LA Times wouldn't release during the course of the campaign still won't release. You know, Obama's statement that he put out was so awful 
that Alan Dershowitz had to condemn it as the piece of trash that it was. And then directs his UN ambassador in the UN to vote present when one of the worst UN resolutions is being proposed by the worst anti-Semites, and it passes. And we can go on and on. They don't call Obama Hitler. Hitler-like, Mussolini, Stalin. They don't call Biden Hitler for what's going on on the southern border. They don't call Franklin Roosevelt Hitler for what his State Department did to the Jewish people and his rounding up Japanese-American citizens for no damn reason. They don't call Woodrow Wilson Hitler and his promotion of eugenics, including against black people. They don't call Joseph Kennedy Sr. Hitler when he was sending messages through the back door as ambassador to Britain to Hitler's lieutenants. They don't call Margaret Sanger Hitler, even though she pushed eugenics, was supported by the Klan. They don't call Xi Hitler. They don't call the leader of Hamas Hitler. They don't call Abbas Hitler. They don't call anyone in Iran Hitler. But Trump has gone full Hitler, don't you know? They don't call out the New York Times for protecting Hitler. They don't call out the Washington Post for its silence in the face of Hitler. They don't call out a single squad member as going full Hitler. But Donald Trump used the word vermin. So according to Joe Scarborough, he's gone full Hitler. According to John Meacham, a crazed, low IQ, phony historian, Trump's gone Hitler. According to every racist, bigot, anti-Semite on MSNBC, and there are many, Trump's like Hitler, like Stalin, like Mussolini. Same with CNN. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? Meanwhile, there's Biden. Meaning with Xi. There's a Hitler. Two and a half million Uyghurs. Is he going to raise it as a concern? If he does, he'll do it in one of his incompetent whispers. Do the American media call Xi Hitler? Who's slaughtering Muslims? No. The American media call Putin Hitler, who's slaughtering Ukrainians? No. Do the American people call Un, the inbred who runs North Korea, Hitler, who slaughters and rapes and tortures relentlessly? No. Have they ever called the Castro brothers Hitler? No. How about that Maduro thug in Venezuela? Is he Hitler? No. No, just Donald Trump. Just Donald Trump. Anybody in his circle? Extremist radical MAGA. 
tens of millions of honorable, law-abiding, tax-paying American citizens. Radical MAGA! Extremist MAGA! Led by Hitler, which means MAGA's Nazi too. You get it? They're code words. Hillary Clinton. Trump is Hitler. Where is Trump Hitler? When was Trump Hitler? What did Trump do that was anything like Hitler? The American media is the media of the 1930s and 40s in this regard. It has no morality. It has no governor. It has no soul. It has no guideposts. It is a free-for-all. They not only say these things, they say it with arrogance, self-righteousness, more than anything else, more than anyone else. The American media are tearing this country apart through their lies, through their narratives, through their projections. And these would be the same people who report on these prosecutions against Trump, on our politics, on our elections. These people are detestable. There are many, many scholars who, who survived Stalin, Mao, Hitler. And they've written crucially important books, which I tried to point out to you in Chapter 4 of The Democrat Party Hates America. And I went through what were, to me, some of the most prominent scholars and survivors of these totalitarian regimes and what they said about language and values and beliefs and how totalitarian regimes destroy them. They create their own vocabulary. They create their own usage of approved words effectively. And I also wrote, as you know, an unfreedom of the press about pseudo-events. Events that the press create in order to push a narrative. That's all in play when they write about a Donald Trump. His use of the word vermin is a pseudo-event. It's a non-event that's turned into news. And the use of it in the application to Donald Trump, of all people in present day, to try and turn him into Hitler is what the media for totalitarian regimes do. They need to turn people into something they are not. They turn them into the devil. 
So no matter what they say about anything, in your mind, there's a click that goes off. Trump is Hitler. And that's how totalitarian regimes function. The state-run media, that is, in America, a media that supports one party, that is Marxist mostly in its ideology, that is anti-Israel and sympathetic to Islamicism, and this is how they roll. So they'll hate Trump, they'll hate Hagee, they'll hate me, they'll hate the state of Israel, they'll hate Netanyahu like nothing else, and they will accuse Israel of Hitlerian war crimes. And that's where we are today. With CNN, MSNBC, Media Matters, Mediaite, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and all the rest. Why do you think they try to destroy Fox News? Because Fox News doesn't go along. Why do you think they try to destroy Newsmax? Because Newsmax doesn't go along. Why do you think they try to destroy OAN? Because OAN doesn't go along. Relatively handful of broadcast television platforms. Why do you think they've spent decades trying to destroy talk radio and the leading talk show hosts? By twisting their words. And they create an echo chamber. Media Matters, Mediaite, Huffington Post, Daily Beast, CNN, MSNBC. And that's the way. Mobster media function with a totalitarian mindset. And you're not only witnessing it, you're the victims of it. I have a lot more. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. This is Mark Levin wishing you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Now back to the best of me. Well, folks, um, I talked about this the other day, and here we are. The final tally now is 290,000 who were at the National Mall today. 290,000. It's the largest such such gathering in uh, on record. Uh, when it comes to the is- issue of Israel and Jews in America. And on this very day when 
Joe Biden decided not even to stop for five minutes to speak or to be seen, but was at a climate change summit, and then ran off to meet his buddy Xi, the communist Chinese who've, who've turned the family into multimillionaires. He took a pass, you see. Because you couldn't trash the American people. If there was any way to bring up Jim Crow of the past, that event he would have attended. AP, U.S. extends sanctions waiver allowing Iraq to buy electricity from Iran. And the deal, roughly $10 billion in Iraqi payments for Iranian electricity currently being held in escrow. They'll get the $10 billion plus future of billions of dollars. And Biden and his Secretary of State do it on the very day that 290,000 people are at the mall in support of Israel against anti-Semitism. And the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran will take that money and use it to kill more Israelis, more Americans. And the idea that that we have an administration like this and a president like this is so contemptible and unconscionable, never before in American history. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is the best of Mark Levin. Happy Thanksgiving. You know, I spent... God, how long has it been now? Feels like forever. Pushing back against the Department of Injustice. U.S. attorney's offices around the country. District attorneys in New York. District attorney in Fulton County, Georgia. The lies about Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Endless efforts. Endless. They crippled Donald Trump's presidential ambitions to interfere in the election, to get the Scarlet Lever convicted felon placed on his campaign, the violations of the First Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment. I've explained on Fox here, Blaze, motions that should be filed. I've talked about motions that have been filed. We've had many of the president's lawyers on the program. But nobody, truthfully, has been more disgusted than I. As somebody who has spent my life, my career in the law, who served as chief of staff to a real attorney general, under a great president. Now watch what's happening in our country, and I'm going to get to other issues relatively quickly, but I want to just clear the air here is something that I've said the Republicans in Congress need to look at and look at now. It's Democrat judges who are destroying the judicial system. Joined by some rhino Republican judges. 
But the ones who are motivated, the ones who are leading the effort, are the Democrat Party judges. Now, those of you who listen to this program and read the various books I write should not be surprised. Why? Because the greatest racist to ever serve in the White House, certainly among them, Woodrow Wilson, before he was president, when he was one of the leading so-called progressive intellectuals, that is, early American Marxists, he made the case again and again in his original writings that you need to use the court system to change the country. You have to force your will on the public. It's not Congress. It's not the elected branches up and down the chain. It's the judiciary. It's judges. That's exactly what's happening in Washington, D.C. with Chudkin. It's exactly what's happening in Manhattan. And honestly, several of these cases should have been thrown out already. Just thrown out. But the media, they love these judges. Trump files motion for mistrial in New York fraud case. He filed it today. We were going to have Alina Haba on the program. I think she's an excellent attorney. Uh, she's asked to come on tomorrow, so she'll be on tomorrow. And she's, if not the lead, one of the lead attorneys in this matter. In this case, like Brat's case, are so contemptibly politically motivated, it's appalling. This case in Manhattan, in the civil case, has the potential for denying Donald Trump his private property, his business license, his ability to conduct any business in the city and state of New York. They've used a statute, as Fox has reported, that's never been used ever against anybody else. And why? Because the statute's unconstitutional. And why is that? There's no victim. There's no complainant. Nobody has suffered fraud. So the case is really a case about Letitia James and this judge Engoron deciding for themselves, cherry-picking information, on whether the assessments that were used, the valuations, and getting loans from certain banks meet the standard that Letitia James and this judge Arthur Engeron think they should have met. No victim, no complainant. Not a single bank has testified against Trump. They're all paid back on time without delay. These are big banks with big law firms. The legal documents stated affirmatively by Trump's lawyers in his documents not to rely on the valuations provided by the Trump organization. You're free, and transparently so, to make your own valuations and make your own decisions. So there is no fraud. There's no misconduct. There's no victim. 
Well, actually, the only victim is Trump and his family. And so they've appealed. And so the legal experts say it's going to be tough to appeal, arguing that there's a mistrial. Oh, really? Well, the judge is a hack who ruled against Trump before he and his lawyers even walked in the courtroom. He ruled on the papers before he heard a word of testimony. And his conduct during the course of the trial, he was clownish. He was preening for the camera. The reason his law clerk sitting to his right was the target of Trump's ire is because the the law clerk kept rolling her eyes and making facial motions and so forth. And nobody should have to sit for that. The judge should have put an end to it. So it says, former President Trump's legal team requested a mistrial in the New York fraud case today, claiming, this is the Hill newspaper, the trial judge and his principal law clerk's purported bias against Trump has, quote, tainted the case. This appearance of bias threatens both defendants' rights and the integrity of the judiciary as an institution. <clears throat> Trump's counsel pointed to posts made by John, uh, Judge Erdogan to a Whitley School alumni page, which the judge appears to run, referencing the case of individuals involved with it, including Trump, his son Eric Trump, and Trump attorney Alina Haba. The motion cited New York Code reading that a judge shall not make any public comment about a pending or impending proceeding in any court within the United States or its territory. You know, this is basic stuff to get a judge disbarred, a lawyer disbarred. It's like Chunkin doing the same thing. She's gotten away with it. She refuses to recuse herself. So she's the judge of herself. No, I don't think I've done anything wrong, so I'm staying. The former president's legal team also addressed their concerns with the judge's principal law clerk has become an unwitting main character in the trial. They asserted the clerk has acted throughout the trial as a co-judge, conferring with the judge via whispers or written notes before, before most orders have been issued. Now, a lot of judges are so stupid or incompetent, it's the law clerks that write the decisions. And I was told by a, a law clerk to a Supreme Court justice when Harry Blackman was on the court with respect to Roe v. Wade, that most of that was written by his law clerks. This happens, folks. You actually have judges and justices, and I wrote about it in Men in Black, who are senile, who have the early forms of dementia, who are not intelligent, and their clerks control the opinions. And so I'm sure that's what happened here. The principal law clerk has given unprecedented and inappropriate latitude, Trump's counsel wrote. The filing also claimed the clerk has made partisan political contributions in excess of strict limits, including to groups that oppose Trump and support New York Attorney General Letitia James, because it's an inside job, folks. And it goes on. You have a intellectually corrupt judge with a radical Marxist attorney general who should have had her ticket pulled running 
for office based on going after Trump. The radical leftist clerk keeps whispering in the judge's ear. And they weren't sweet nothings, I don't think. The judge himself has demonstrated that he's partisan, that he can't be an objective referee. The way that he ruled, as there's no jury, was unconscionable. Trump walks into that courtroom, he's already guilty, his company's already guilty, now it's just a matter of money. Penalties. And nobody's ever been charged under this law. And furthermore, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the feds looked at this case and said, no, no, we're not, we're not in on this. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office looked at this, as bad as they are, and said, no, we're not in on this. And Letitia James jumped into it anyway. Summary judgment should have been given to Trump. In fact, it should have been dismissed even without summary judgment. I'm not going to get into all the details there. It should have been dismissed, period. And so they're having to appeal to another Democrat-controlled appellate court. Then they can appeal to their highest court, which there they call the Court of Appeals. It's kind of screwed up, but that's what they do. So Trump and his family and his organization are stuck in this funnel where there's Democrat authority, Democrat control every step of the way. In the end, they may have to try the U.S. Supreme Court, but they don't seem to have the courage to do much. And I would argue it's a violation of the Fifth Amendment, the takings clause. And I would argue it's a violation of due process under the Fifth Amendment. So I believe there are federal constitutional arguments that can be made at some point. But we'll have Alina Habao on the program tomorrow. I want to go through this as we go through every one of these cases. And in Washington, D.C., Jack the Ripper Smith is losing his mind. He's losing his temperament, such as it is. He's demanding that the appellate court Dismiss the waste of time with these motions. They're just trying to delay, you know, and we, we, the federal government, we're in a hurry to put Trump in prison before the first vote is cast, you know. When Trump's lawyers have argued that he actually does fall under executive privilege, that the actions he's being attacked for occurred when he was president of the United States, and that is a very strong argument, by the way. No president's had to make that argument before because no president's been treated this way. And, of course, they're challenging the gag order, which is utterly unconstitutional. And so Jack the Ripper, the phony special prosecutor, nothing special about him. He's a, he's a headhunter. He wants the gag order expanded. Even the disreputable ACLU, the American Criminal Liberties Union, has said we hold our nose because we hate Trump, but this is clearly unconstitutional. But the position of the Department of Justice is the First Amendment doesn't apply to a defendant, the First Amendment doesn't apply to a former president, and the First Amendment doesn't apply to somebody who's trying to win back the presidency and respond to all of his critics. 
So in other words, this is a grotesque undermining of the campaign of obviously the front runner for the presidency. Interfering in the election. The evisceration of constitutional norms. And hack Democrat federal judges like the ones in New York and in Washington. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. You want a killer Black Friday deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G 5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trade-in necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. This is Mark Levin wishing you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Now back to the best of me. Does anybody think Joe Biden is competent enough to be trained and become an engineer on a Amtrak train? Of course not. How about a pilot? No. How about a dentist? No. How about a surgeon? No. Lawyer? No. In other words, is Joe Biden capable, with the proper training, of holding almost any job that involves health, safety, life and death? No. So how is it that he's capable of being president of the United States? He's out there in San Francisco, which got a whole Potemkin village cleanup which is what the Democrats and the communists do. Screw the people. They have to live in the crap. But we have a communist genocidal murder coming. And it's interesting how Joe Biden, you know, they used to say Trump gets friendly. How he shook hands with Xi, put his hand on top of Xi's. I thought he was going to give him a wet kiss there for a second. But I want to talk about this because from what I'm hearing and seeing, nothing demonstrably important has come out of this. It's all propaganda. You want a killer Black Friday deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G 5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trade-in necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad-pixel camera, and a whole lot more. 
Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Thanksgiving. You know, America, I've noticed that the more aggressive I become in response to the American media that continues to humiliate itself, even though it doesn't have any circumspection. So many hosts, so many platforms, so many websites that continue daily to reveal themselves as Jew haters, as Israel haters, America haters. Too many to name. And the record's a long one. Maybe I'm going to write a book on this, maybe. We'll see. I already wrote on freedom of the press, but... That as a result, I come under more attack. I come under more attack. We get a lot more efforts, haters, to come on the program through the call screening. And of course, I'm in a very dangerous position. You see the violence that's taking place out there. And so it's much more difficult for me to get around to move around doesn't take much these days I'm not whining and complaining I'm just informing you you're my my radio family and reporters know this which is why they do what they do write what they do say what they say about me they hope to silence me That's not going to happen. Over my dead body, it is not going to happen. Many of us see the rise of the 1930s again. We're extraordinarily concerned about it. We see this slow-moving crystal knock taking place on our college campuses, on our streets, and elsewhere. Never again means never again. And I want to remind everybody who's listening, especially those who are not Jewish, that the Third Reich drew in our entire country. People of all backgrounds, all faiths, into a massive world war where the casualties were horrendous. And that's the problem today. Joe Biden's there, shaking hands, smiling, throwing roses at a genocidal mass murderer, Xi, who's effectively imprisoned two to two and a half million Uyghurs, Muslims. Joe Biden doesn't say a word about it. Joe Biden doesn't say, protect the civilians. Compare his treatment of Xi and how he talks to China, so careful, so fearful, 
We're not going to disengage. We just want to compete as they're building up their nuclear arsenal, as they're building up their Navy, as they're building up their Air Force, as they are threatening Taiwan with invasion. Joe Biden's response is we just want to compete. And compare how he treats Xi with Benjamin Netanyahu. Compare them. Compare how Blinken treats Xi with Benjamin Netanyahu. Compare how the American media treats Xi with Benjamin Netanyahu. It's sickening. There's a reason for it. They have no respect for this tiny state of Israel. They can kick it around, push it around. This is what they believe in the Democrat Party. Tell it what to do, tell it what not to do. And if the elected prime minister of Israel resists, he's to be destroyed with leaks to Thomas Friedman, with leaks to Politico, with leaks to CNN and the rest of the reprobates and the phony American media. And we have millionaires and billionaires, dark money pouring into Israel to try and destroy him. Because they're trying to install somebody who will comply with their demands. And I don't mean America's demands, I mean with Biden's demands. And the language that's used. There are hosts on MSNBC who should be fired on the spot. I don't care what their racial status is. I don't care what their religious status is. I care what comes out of their mouths. You don't get a pass because of your heritage. You don't get a pass for what you say today. You're an adult. You're an adult. You stand on your own two feet. I'm not interested in pulling in their family members. You're an adult. Or even their ancestry. Things that come out of their mouths. We all hear it. We all see it. New York Times. How many mulligans do they get over there? When it comes to anti-Semitism and Jew hatred. When it comes to Israel, when it comes to the Holocaust, and now the new Holocaust, how many, how many mulligans do they get? There's a really fantastic piece in the Washington Times by a great historian and a Reagan biographer of many fantastic books. His name is Craig Shirley. He's a friend. He says, this is how it started in Nazi Germany. First it was harassment, then protests in the street. Then it evolved into extermination of state policy. Angry, hateful mobs were egged on by simpleton Jew haters. It's almost bound to happen. Anti-Semitism has been part of our world for thousands of years, going back to Egypt's enslavement of the Jews by the pharaohs. Europe witnessed anti-Semitism over many years, especially in France, Austria, and Germany. Indeed, there were actually anti-Semitic political parties in those countries in the late 19th century. German Jews were killed here and there in the early 1930s, and anti-Semitic protests were often supported by the intellectual classes and college students of Germany. There's been books written on this now. But there was never a mass and organized attempt at their annihilation. 
till the rise of Hitler and National Socialism in Germany. Anti-Jewish propaganda was thrown about by the Nazis and their supporters to stir up anger and then hate. More and more German Jews were frightened to go to class or to restaurants or take public transportation. More and more came the painting of Jew or Juden graffiti, as well as the Nazi swastikas on buildings owned by Jews. Does this sound familiar? The Nazis, the National Socialists, were regarded as a fringe organization, a loose collection of left-wing haters in the early days. Then came vandalism. Then came violence. Then came a night of broken glass when hundreds of Jews were killed. Kristallnacht. With the rise of National Socialist Adolf Hitler came organized hate. He was the detestable socialist and anti-Semite who brought it all together. As Hannah Arendt, who is a survivor and obviously is past, but a brilliant philosopher, wrote in her brilliant book, The Origins of Totalitarianism, which are also cited in my book, The Democrat Party Hates America. She said anti-Semitism has often been used as an organizing tool of the left, as it was in the Soviet Union. And she has an entire chapter in the book titled Leftist Anti-Semitism. And I have an entire chapter on leftism and Democrat Party anti-Semitism, chapters two and three. When Hitler came to power, she wrote, the German banks were already almost Judenrein. That is, Jews were missing from their ranks. And German Jewry as a whole, after long and steady growth in social status and numbers, was declining so rapidly that statisticians predicted its disappearance in a few decades. The end result was the extermination of six million Jews and millions of other so-called undesirables, including homosexuals and people with physical and mental disabilities. Nazism, National Socialism has always been a left-wing ideology, and it was and is often associated with the upper and so-called educated classes. Liberals all over the years have falsely smeared conservatives as anti-Semitic. The irony is that conservatives have been steadfast in their anti-socialist views and have fought for the existence of Israel and its sovereignty. The reality of history shows the left being more closely aligned with overt nationalism and anti-Semitism. They see it as a, mean, a means to control the masses. Or as I wrote and stated repeatedly in the Democrat Party Hates America, you have to look through the lens of power to understand the Democrat Party. I understand this phrase is now being used by all my colleagues and my, my enemies as well. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton recently and falsely attacked former President Donald Trump as a Nazi. I spent an hour and a half on this in yesterday's show, defending the most pro-Jewish, pro-Israel president in American history and in Israel's history, Donald Trump. But he used the word vermin. Oh, okay. And FDR? What about him? Joe Biden? What about him? Rearming Iran now to another $10 billion says the reality of history shows the left being more closely aligned with these overt nationalism and anti-Semitism. So Hillary Clinton attacks Donald Trump as a Nazi. And by the way, the media over the weekend called Donald Trump Hitler. So many times you can't even keep track. 
because this is what they do. Someone needs to teach this ignorant woman, Hillary Clinton, and by the way, ignorant individual, Joe Scarborough, among others, her isms. She's a collectivist, just like the liberals leading today's anti-Semitic protests, just like the liberals smashing Jewish businesses, just like Nazism, a collectivist philosophy. Menachem Begin, the great former head of Israel, called Ronald Reagan Israel's best friend. No Jewish leader ever said that about President Barack Obama, who empowered the terrorist state of Iran. Today's disgusting anti-Semitic mobsters all on the left are tomorrow's brown shirts, writes Craig Shelley correctly. Representatives Anna Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ayanna Presley, Rashida Tlaib, Cory Bush, Ilhan Omar, and other sympathizers of Hamas and their extermination of Jews are followers of other monsters of history. They are their ideological and behavioral equals. They've embraced despicable policies. The textbook definition of socialism is the state controls the means of production and distribution. These are the new followers of hate as a state policy. History does repeat itself indeed. Today's liberals are yesterday's national socialists, writes Craig Shirley. And of course, they had their media. Just like these, these haters have their media today. Be right back. Mark Lovin. You want a killer Black Friday deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G5 G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad-pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. This is the best of Mark Levin. Happy Thanksgiving. You're not going to believe what happened to the United Nations just now. Biden gives Iran $6 billion a week to 10 days before the October 7 massacre of the Jews. Yesterday, Biden gives Iran another $10 billion. Even though Iran are killing, excuse me, have backed Hamas that's killed American citizens and has done enormous damage to a number of American soldiers and continues to attack our bases. Does that ever occur to you? Do you ever wonder which side Joe Biden's on? Is he on our side or the enemy's side? When it comes to China, when it comes to Iran, whose side is he on? You have a Manchurian president? That's what I've called him before. Is he being blackmailed? 
I mean, what accounts for such insanity? To remarn my enemy like this? But I'll get to this in a minute, what he just did at the UN, while he's slobbering all over Xi, who's got more blood on his hands than anyone can imagine. Different moral set of principles for Xi than Israel. Different moral set of principles for Israel than us. Because of the open border and all the death that's occurring as a result of that. Just want to show you how loathsome the Biden regime is. It's leaking to its favorite media outlets to undermine the Israeli commander-in-chief, Netanyahu. It's demanding that Israel start talking about surrendering even security control over the Gaza Strip, insisting that it acknowledge the need for a two-state solution, even though the enemy is not interested in a two-state solution. They'll get what they can. They're interested in a caliphate. If Iran was interested in a two-state solution, why is it trying to destroy these other countries? If Hamas was interested in a two-state solution, it had one of the states, Gaza. And I could go on and on, of course. But this administration, like the Obama administration, is one of the true, grotesque, grotesque regimes in American history. And they are laden with anti-Semites, just as Obama's administration was, and this one is. They're all over the State Department. And Obama's statement the other week was the icing on the proverbial cake. So what's happening? Ready for this, America? This is from Israel National News. UN Security Council calls for, quote, humanitarian pauses, unquote, in Gaza. Resolution approved by a majority with 12 to 0, with three countries abstaining. One of the countries abstaining was the United States. Was the United States. The U.S., which has veto power in the Security Council, said it supported the resolution, but didn't vote for it because it failed to condemn Hamas. So it voted present. That's like being a little bit pregnant, as they say. And this is the problem Joe Biden has. He believes he needs the votes of part of his base, which supports Hamas, Marxism, and apparently terrorism, while at the same time pretending he supports the Jewish state of Israel. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. 
Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Thanksgiving. You know, there's reasons... Let me put it this way. This administration's literally getting away with murder, whether it's on the southern border, whether it's in Ukraine, and now in the Middle East. And what am I talking about? What's going on on the southern border is a national historic disgrace happening to Americans and migrants. Which is why groups like Mediaite, Media Matters, don't send anybody down there to report on it. They'd rather you be left in the dark. Which is why every now and then the New York Times reports on it, but only every now and then. Washington Post barely acts like what's going on down there is going on down there. Most of our networks are blind to it. Oh, they'll do a show every couple of months. And really, the only network that covers it on a regular basis is Fox. What's going on on the southern border is an impeachable offense. It's a high crime. When a president of the United States refuses to comply with federal law, and in fact is purposely violating it, in order to wreak havoc on the nation in a way that changes the very substance, the very core of the nation, that is an impeachable offense president doesn't have the authority, doesn't have the power, whether the media like it or not. In Russia and Ukraine, not enough attention is given as people stand at sword edge against each other on this, including in the conservative movement of the Republican Party. But I think we can all agree, and I don't care if we do or not, but I think we can, that what Biden has been doing from the beginning, and Blinken, has been giving Ukraine, yes, money and weapons. And you can spend a lot of money on weapons. But he's giving them weapons too late. And he's not giving them the right weapons, despite spending a lot of money. He will not allow the Ukrainians to win. So what what does that mean? Ukrainians are dying by the thousands civilians, and military. In many ways, it's almost like World War I. Because Biden and Blinken want to retain a balance in that part of the world. They want to bog down Russia. Fine. But what about the lives of the Ukrainians? They claim to care. But by their actions and their strategy... The White House doesn't give an S. Just like our border about American citizens. They never talk about American citizens dying on the southern border. They talk more about Palestinian citizens by a hundred than they talk about American citizens. And then the Middle East. Israel's winning. And they're winning fast. And their military is very, very competent, very, very strong. They hate Netanyahu. But Netanyahu is the one who's had to put together all these coalitions. And Netanyahu's winning. 
So they send the thugs from the left in Israel to try and destroy him again. The media in the left in Israel and in the United States trying to destroy him again with help. In fact, at the request of the Biden administration with their leaks. And now they're imposing on the Israelis as they're trying to win and get this over with. They're imposing conditions. And you better believe behind the scenes, there are shouting, there are threats, there's a blackmail going on. One day I bet that's going to be written about. And what are they making them do? Feed, medicate, and provide fuel to the enemy. But Mark, what about the innocent civilians? Let me read something to you. This comes from the United States government, the Biden administration. It comes from a part of the State Department called AID, USAID. That is, and the Inspector General issued a report. Actually, he issued a notice in red, a warning, which means immediate attention, immediate action. Let me read part of it to you, the relevant part. And I take this, it's online. But no reporter has even talked about this. No reporter has gotten up when the idiot spokes idiot for the idiot talks about citizens and civilians and the Israelis must do more. Keep in mind, Joe Biden is funding the enemy. The enemy is funding Hamas. While at the same time, pressuring Israel to provide, quote-unquote, a humanitarian pause and fuel and so forth to Gaza. Nobody thinks this makes sense. Responsibility to identify and report potential diversion of U.S. humanitarian aid to Hamas and other foreign terrorist organizations. That's the title of this, of this alert that's sent out by the Inspector General of USAID, part of the State Department. Let me read it again. Responsibility to identify and report potential diversion of U.S. humanitarian aid to Hamas and other foreign terrorist organizations. And so Biden just gave them $100 million through the U.N. Biden just gave the Iranians another $10 billion, as well as the spigot wide open every week where they get in a about a billion and a half from their oil revenue. 60 times now they've tried to kill American military personnel. And 60 times they were not met. Four times. Check that. Four warehouses were hit. So out of one hand, we're handing them tens of billions of dollars. And out of the other hand, we're telling them, stop attacking us or we'll hit a warehouse. And we have two massive flotillas sitting there doing nothing. Because he wants to show strength. It's all political. It's all about optics. It's all about creating a narrative. That's what they're doing. And a nuclear sub, for God's sake, sitting there. What's it going to do? Is it going to shoot nukes? Well, why is it sitting there? Because we want you to know Biden's doing everything possible. 
No, he's not. He's a fraud and a phony. And I don't care what anybody else has to say, whether they're in Israel or the United States. I see it. Maybe I'll check with a relative, Mr. Producer, and see if I'm right or not. Maybe I'll check with Dan Abrams' brother-in-law. wonder what he thinks. So they write, on October 18, 2023, the United States announced that it is providing $100 million in humanitarian assistance for the Palestinian people in Gaza and the West Bank. And you know what? That's all the media reports. Beyond that, you know nothing. You know, they don't want you to hear anything. They don't want you to know the ugly truth about what's going on. Next paragraph. In bold print, the USAID Office of Inspector General has identified this area as high risk for potential diversion and misuse of U.S.-funded assistance. It is USAID's Office of Inspector General's investigative priority to ensure that that assistance does not fall into the hands of foreign terrorist organizations, including but not limited to Hamas. And then they have a box that's shaded like, oh, now this really, really, really better be read. Starts off this way to report suspected diversion, fraud and corruption or other serious misconduct. Go to our hotline portal. You know what they're doing here, Mr. Go to the hotline portal. Who's supposed to go to the hotline portal? The overpaid fat asses at the State Department, they're going to go to the hotline portal. How the hell do they know what's going on in Gaza? In fact, since we don't have any presence in Gaza, how the hell do any Individuals in our government know what the hell is going on in Gaza. USAID Office of Inspector General expects prompt reporting from UN agencies, non-governmental organizations, and contractors operating in Gaza and the West Bank of allegations of misuse of USAID assistance, U.S. law for its protections from retaliation. <laughs> oh, jeez. It does? So the law says you can't shoot somebody between the eyes? That's good to know. I'm sure terrorists will be very interested in hearing that. USAID OIG has identified deliberate interference and efforts. This is, this is the Biden government talking to the Biden government. Has anybody told Blinken or the president? They don't care. It's the optics. They want the Arabs to see America is not really completely behind the Jews. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We're not completely behind the Jews. We say we support the Jews, but we want a two-state dissolution, the final solution. We talk about that. We talk about getting money and food and resources and, and fuel into Gaza. Well, it's going to go into Hamas. We don't care. We got to be able to tell, you know, we got to be able to tell Turkey and Iran and, of course, the PLO that we're really humanitarian USAID OIG has identified deliberate interference in efforts to divert humanitarian assistance in regions where FTO activity is prevalent that's foreign terrorist operations this includes systemic coercion of aid workers by FTOs imposition of taxes duties and fees on U.S. aid awardees and beneficiaries. Hamas 
to let even anything through is taking is is putting some usury tax on. OK, you want you want milk to get to those babies? Yes. It's five bucks. Yes. OK, we'll take three. We're funding Hamas. The FTO's influence over beneficiary selection and internally displaced person camp management. So they're telling us what Hamas is doing. They're stealing the stuff. They're threatening UN and other aid workers. They're imposing taxes, fees, and duties on anything that comes through that they decide to give to the citizens. And they will decide, and only they will decide who gets it. You won't hear this by this guy Hassan on MSNBC, who's a complete. Never mind. You won't hear this on CNN. You won't read it in the New York Times. You won't hear it at the Compost. You won't see it in all these little irrelevant websites. No, you have to listen to me. Because, of course, I get all this from my family members, Mr. Producer, as you well know. As Dan Abrams does. In addition to other pre-award vetting measures, U.S. aid requires applicants for grants or cooperative agreements to certify that in the three years prior to the award, they have not knowingly engaged in transactions or provided material support or resources to entities sanctioned under U.S. counterterrorism regulations. Well, that's a good one. Don't give money to terrorists to give to terrorists. Wow. Can I read that bulletin again? OIG investigates and works with DOJ to prosecute cases in which U.S. aid grantees have made such false certifications. Wow. I'm sure the terrorists are very concerned about that. And then they, they provide two articles, two links. United States of America versus Norwegian People's Aid, whatever the hell that is, and United States of America versus American University of Beirut. Gee, I'm going to send my kids there. Oh, Yeah. I understand they have an outstanding agriculture program. They give two examples. Two. This is unbelievable. As you will hear on my Saturday and Sunday show, I ask you, what is the Biden foreign policy? They don't explain it. If it's so fantastic, go ahead, put some meat on the bones. Let us know what it is exactly. Obviously, it's appeasement, but it's worse than that. Their foreign policy, as I will say this weekend, as it will say to you, as I said the other day, is a policy of arson. Arson. They're arsonists. They're burning down and blowing up parts of the world. They're prior to them coming to office. We're not burning down and blowing up. And they destroy one part of the world after another, and now they're working on the Middle East. Look at Afghanistan. Ladies and gentlemen, we have hostages there. We have American citizens there. We have allies there. What's happened to these people? Do we get updates from anybody? Do you hear them screaming? Do you hear them begging? Do you hear them saying, what happened to my government? 
Who's going to rescue us? What kind of pressure did Biden put on the Taliban? Doesn't matter. They don't care. We have hostages. Hamas is holding hostages. A lot of them. And in my view, sadly, they're killing many of them too. They're brutalizing them and killing them. They're going to lay that on Netanyahu and the Israelis? When these dunderheads gave $6 billion to the Iranians, he put a price on every citizen's head, did Biden. From that point forward. Because all the terrorists, terrorist regimes, Marxist, fascist regimes, they now know the price. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This is Mark Levin wishing you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Now back to the best of me. Here's what I was talking about earlier. The Times of Israel, which has become a left-wing rag, pretty much. Anti-Netanyahu. Pro-Israel Democrats slams Israel's Gaza operation a potential sign of more to come. Listen to that headline. Senator John Ossoff, he is the Marxist from Georgia. The uh, trust fund baby. Who's been... A consensus-seeking voice on Israel within the Democratic Party. No, he isn't. Who's carefully avoided overly criticizing the Jewish state since entering Congress in 2021. Issued a blistering critique of the IDF's ongoing military operation against Hamas. What's the bottom line of this article? The bottom line is the Democrats are getting sick and tired of the Netanyahu government, they're getting sick and tired of what's going on in Gaza, that the Israelis are going to use, lose the support of the Democrat Party and ultimately the Biden administration, and the uh, Times of Israel is carrying the water. This is the, the sort of uh, under-the-radar campaign being uh, waged by the Biden administration and their surrogates in the media and the leftists in Israel and their surrogates in the media. Can you imagine being in the middle of the war and having to deal with this? I'll be right back. This is the best of Mark Levin. Happy Thanksgiving. Now, Joe Biden doesn't seem to give a damn about our border about our safety. As a matter of fact, think about this. Let's take it a step further. He doesn't seem to give a damn about whether you eat or not, whether you have enough fuel for your home or for your automobile or whether you have a roof over your head. I mean, he has instituted policies that are impoverishing people who before his presidency were not in poverty. And stressing budgets, people living off credit cards, and he's proud of himself. He keeps bragging about, he's bragging about Bidenomics. Now, whose fuel is he shipping into Gaza? This is a man that's at war with fossil fuels. This is a man who single-handedly has destroyed and is destroying our industrial heartland. 
which has to be built on what? Energy. Natural gas. Oil. And listen to this one. Coal. Ooh. And of course, electricity, which needs all the others in order to exist. Why doesn't he tell the Gazans, you know what? We're going to start from scratch here in, in Gaza. Rather than give you fuel, we're going to give you uh, solar panels. What about that, Mr. Producer? We're going to give you solar panels, and we're also going to build these massive propellers that we put in our ocean to kill our whales. We're going to give those to you, too. Now, it's going to take a little while. Don't get me wrong. And we're going to send the Environmental Protection Agency into Gaza to make sure whatever we build and whatever we do meets the United States regulatory standards. Oh, yeah. And while we're at it, anything that's built, no, Joe Biden brags he's a union guy. Everybody who builds anything and does anything has to be a member of a public sector union over there. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's see how this all works. Oh, and no more trucks. Only electric vehicles. No more fuel-guzzling trucks. Diesel fuel out. We're going to turn Gaza into a paradise. Into a radical, Marxist, socialist paradise. What better place to start than there? It'll be a blank slate soon enough. Oh. One other thing. We are going to project and impose our view of law enforcement and punishment in Gaza. We'll have Soros judges and Soros prosecutors. Source judges and source prosecutors. That way nobody serves time. In the front, out the back. We'll create the illusion of justice when in fact we are promoting injustice. And we certainly don't want an an effective police force because we know how that gets out of hand with systemic racism. Or systemic Hamasism can't have a functioning police force. So my suggestion is, ladies and gentlemen, we take all the policies, the agenda, the actions, the ideology of Biden and his party and the media, and we put them to work. Don't rely on capitalism and fossil fuels. Don't rely on right to work. Don't rely on all these conservative things. Created, of course, by a white dominant and privileged society. Don't rely on that. Let's put Marxism to work. Let's put a green economy to work. Why am I the only one saying this? Where's Bernie Sanders? Where's Ayah? And all the other pukes. I mean, and all the other leftists. Why aren't they demanding that we use Gaza as a petri dish? If we're going to burn down the Middle East, let's at least rebuild Gaza in the way that the left wants to rebuild the United States or fundamentally transform it. 
I've told you this before, and I've written about it. John Locke, his second treatise on government, which had such an impact on our revolution and on our Declaration of Independence. Oh, and by the way, as did Judeo-Christian values. Ooh, what did he say? That's right. They said, you know, John, his contemporaries said, this is all swell and good, all these beautiful things you're writing here. But it'll never happen. All this stuff about individual liberty, all this stuff about eternal truths, all this stuff about the rights of the individual, the rights to representation. Johnny, you're dreaming. Where can that happen? He pointed to the United States. At the time it was America, of course. Points to America, he says, America is a blank slate. It could happen there. But won't Gaza be a blank slate? Can't we take all the brilliant pearls of wisdom from Marx and Engels, from Lenin and Stalin, from Gromsky and Saul Linsky, and put them to work? Isn't that what Obama believes in? Isn't that what Biden has come to believe in? Isn't that what the Democrat Party and the media, isn't that what they all believe in? Of course it is. We can do all these things. Ah, in the classrooms. where they're taught to hate Jews and promote slaughter. What do we do about these classrooms? Well, we can turn them into incubators of knowledge, too, like we're doing in our own country. First of all, we have to make sure that no Palestinian parent has any role in how their kid is raised. That'll go over very well, I think. Well, Mark, wouldn't that be a good thing? Hold on. Let me finish. Number two, we have to make sure that the people who are teaching the kids are radicals, pushing critical race theory, or in their case, critical Jew theory. Got to make sure they're taught anti-Semitism, which is in part what CRT is all about. We have to make sure they're taught to hate their bodies and to hate themselves. We have to make sure they're taught to hate anybody who's different than them, because, of course, they've been imposed upon. We have to breed violence and anger. And we have to make sure that the law enforcement authorities that we set up there, much like our own Department of Justice, uses its police state powers to impose the will of the regime on those who would dare to challenge it. So in other words, what I'm suggesting is we take the Marxist approach, the anti-capitalist approach, the anti-individual liberty approach, the anti-American approach, the Democrat Party approach. We export it to Gaza. And what will you have, America? The same damn thing you have right now. That's what you'd have. When you abandon these fundamental eternal truths, fundamental eternal principles, that of course I've learned from my children, when you abandon these things, 
what do you have? Tyranny. That's what you have. So here we have an article. The Jerusalem Post. Hamas could be planning terror attacks on American soil, says the FBI. Is the FBI in the business of issuing clarion calls? Or is it in the business of protecting us? I'm just curious. Hey, the FBI director said they could be here. Hey, the FBI director says there's all this fentanyl here. Hey, the FBI director says, uh, you know, who cares what the hell he says? What's he doing? Well, here. And this is in the Jerusalem Post. In testimony to the U.S. House of Representatives, officials from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the FBI warned about increased security threats following the Hamas terror attack on October 7th. So what are we doing about it? We going through the student visas to see if there are any individuals who hate America who are here? No, we're not. The Biden administration said that explicitly they're not going to do that. Really? Are we going to try and compare any of these students on the student visas here from other countries? We're going to get facial recognition. Can we at least pretend they're MAGA? MAGA? Then we'll know who they are? No, we're not doing that. Can we at least put a ban, and maybe even temporary, on people coming into the country from those parts of the world? No, we're not doing that. Can we follow existing immigration law? Nope, can't do that. How about a fence? Nope. Can't do that. And so they warn us. They warn us about possible Hamas terrorist attacks. Now, what are you and I supposed to do about this? Are we all supposed to go to the border? Some of the legal weapons, some with legal weapons, depending on who got what? What are we supposed to do? We're warning you right now. Okay, you're warning us. You're in charge. What are you doing? Nothing. Effective. Because you're screaming at the top of your lungs and you're warning us in advance because you don't want to take responsibility. You don't want to take responsibility. Biden's not going to take responsibility. Remember? Oil. Oh, that's Putin. Oh, civilians. Oh, that's Netanyahu. Oh, the border flies over. That's the Republicans. We need comprehensive, you know. It's never Biden. It's never Blinken. It's never any of these bastards. And yet they're the ones who are responsible for what's taking place, are they not? Certainly responsible for addressing it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Thanksgiving. Mr. Producer, we've had a very full so far uh, program here. But I've only just begun, America. I want to get back to this because I cut myself off. Not like a moil. I cut myself off, you know, know, like a host here. So we have Hamas. We have terror threats now. The director of the FBI and the person in charge of National Counterterrorism Center, they're warning us. So, Mr. Producer, what are you going to do different today than you did yesterday now that you've been warned? Nothing. Nothing. We're not even legally permitted to do anything. So I don't even understand. You're warning us. 
Why don't you warn each other and do something about it? In fact, why don't you go to the White House and tell the big dummy what's going on? Or go to the State Department and tell that big dummy what's going on. And go to the Treasury Department and tell that big dummy what's going on. We are funding terrorism. When you fund Iran or allow Iran to get tens of billions of dollars, you're funding terrorism. When you send $100 million to Gaza through UNRWA, the UN corrupt entity that's anti-Semitic up to its eyeballs, you're funding Hamas. Now, you just heard what I read from the inspector general who said, hello, hello, everybody, hello, that $100 million, you better really watch. The heading's in red. Even if a box that's shaded in the bureaucracy, when you're shading boxes, oh, my God, everybody stops. They even stop their three-hour lunch break. They go, oh, my God, it's shaded. It's a shaded box with a red headline. We better pay attention. What's for dinner? Anyway, so, uh, so they're warning us. Okay, so my question is, what are you doing about it? Oh, we can't tell you. You know, it's ongoing. You know. Then why is Biden funding the enemy? Well, you know, it's, it's whatever. We don't want to escalate. You know, we don't want to escalate. We don't want to expand. Two aircraft carriers. <laughs> and they're accompanying ships. And a nuclear sub there. Nobody's going to do anything to us here on the homeland. Nobody. May I ask you why they're there? It's to show force. You cross the line. And what is the line? You've attacked us 60 times. You cross it. You cross it again. Okay, we cross it. Now what are you going to do? Don't, don't push me. He's such a paper tiger. And look at the damage that these people are doing. It's horrendous. I want to give the best advice I can to Israeli leadership, the people of Israel. Do everything you possibly can, everything, to ignore Biden. To ignore Biden. He doesn't speak for the United States. We don't even know what the hell he's saying to you. We read between the lines. We read the leaks. We read the, the newspaper articles. But we know how dangerous that is. Behind the scenes, we don't have any idea. There's no serious congressional oversight hearings to find out what the hell Biden and Blinken and the rest of them are doing. None. And in the Senate, of course, they don't want oversight hearings because the Praetorian Guard up there is trying to protect Biden and Blinken. It was amazing to see this guy Chuck Schumer at the big rally the other day, davening, you know, how he did. You see how he does it. Is another one that says one thing in front of the camera and then stabs Israel in the back. I said it, and I mean it. Here's a guy that supported the Iran deal, gave a few marble-mouthed comments, voted against it, but behind the scenes, he's whipping up the Democrats to vote for it. What kind of people are these? All right, America, you're the best. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. The freedom fighters are truckers. And the men and women and children in Israel, we do stand with you, unlike the Biden administration. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope to see you tomorrow. God bless.